Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Hancock County native Alexis Buchler was among the elite young gymnasts featured in a Sports Illustrated piece this week on the once glamorous, now embattled sport. She'll join us with her take on what's wrong with USA Gymnastics and what can be done to make it right again. Also this morning, to your health, especially in the era of the pandemic, staying fit and active mentally as well as physically is important to our overall health, especially as we age. And of course, we have more quick and easy recipes for your family from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, August 6th, 2021. Today, the uh, most significant uh, observance uh, here today, and and certainly don't want to forget this, is Hiroshima Day. Uh, It was on uh, this date, of course, that the United States dropped the first atomic bomb on Hiroshima, uh, Japan. This date in 1945. So we pause to remember all of those. Ultimately, I mean, over the years, a lot of debate over the use of atomic weapons, Um, but I think that uh, as as horrible as it was, we can say that it ultimately uh, brought about a swifter end to World War II than we would have seen otherwise. But we're not here to debate that uh, this morning. A very good morning to you. Some of the uh, first things you need to know this morning. Uh, cancel culture is like the, the big buzzword today. And I saw this on uh, Reddit, uh, the... Uh, Online bulletin board uh, website. Always some interesting conversations going on on Reddit. And uh, somebody posted the other day a question. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about cancel culture, whether the whole thing has gone too far. Uh, so somebody posed this. Imagine something that annoys you. Um, and if you could cancel anything, what would you cancel? <laughs> So I thought this was an interesting take on the whole idea of cancel culture rather than debate whether or not uh, it's a good thing or if it's gone too far or whatever. What would be one thing that you would like to cancel if you could? And uh, some of the answers included, how about canceling the trend of making everything a subscription service? Shopping websites, computer software, monthly deliveries of monthly subscriptions of meal services or you know, whatever it might happen to be, uh, streaming services, music subscriptions, uh, streaming music uh, subscriptions. Everything is a subscription service. How about we cancel that? I like that. Um, child beauty pageants were mentioned as something that maybe we should cancel. Okay. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> the way it is dividing the country. Facebook. Uh, TikTok influencers. Let's cancel those. Uh, uh, spam, scam calls on your on your cell phone. You can cancel those. Um, kids YouTube channels. YouTube channels aimed at kids. You can cancel those. Um, then of course there were some that I guess you could pretty much guess. Somebody would say. Cancel the Kardashians. <laughs> cancel the five-day work week. Um, cancel taxes. Anyways, it's an interesting, an interesting topic, an interesting thought. Uh, with the uh, all of the talk of cancel culture, what would be the one thing you would cancel if you could? <clears throat> So this has been uh, one of the big stories over the course of the entire summer, the ongoing spike in the number of unruly passenger behavior on airline flights. The federal administration, uh, the federal aviation administration now is asking airports to monitor the serving of alcohol to travelers. In particular, the use of to go cups that people can take with them. Uh, The administrator of the FAA, Steve Dickinson, wrote about his concerns in a letter to airport managers this week, citing the big increase in uh, incidents and the number of incidents on planes, saying our investigations show that alcohol often contributes to this type of behavior. So in asking that the managers work with concession operators that sell alcohol, 
He said uh, some passengers believe they can take the drinks on their flights or have gotten inebriated before or even during the boarding process. And that kind of sets things up for a, a problem once the flight takes off. He also suggested airports should promote more awareness about passengers not being allowed to bring alcohol onto flights, things like signs, announcements, and concessionaire education. So, I don't know. Uh, it, on the one hand, it's uh, smacks of more government intervention, you know, Big Brother watching over you. On the other hand, we do have a problem with this, and it does need to be, to be addressed. And alcohol seems to be the... A uh, common denominator in a lot of these uh, incidents that we hear about. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your TGI Friday morning started. The uh, uh, Forbes magazine is out with their list of the most valuable NFL teams ahead of a new football season about to start. The Dallas Cowboys, once again, number one on the list as the NFL's most valuable team. Cowboys worth an estimated $6.5 billion. This is the 15th straight year that the Cowboys have been ranked number one in terms of value of NFL teams. New England Patriots are second, followed by the New York Giants, the L.A. Rams, and the Washington football team. Forbes says throughout the league... The average value of a franchise jumped to $3.5 billion this year as the NFL signed media rights earlier uh, in the year worth almost $112 billion overall. Man, oh man, that is a lot of money. And uh, how much did, I, I would have to look this up, how much did Jerry Jones actually pay when he bought the Dallas Cowboys originally? I mean, it wasn't no six and a half billion dollars, I can tell you that, but not a bad investment. And you think there are still a handful of NFL owners who have been, who have owned their teams, you know, since the earliest days of the NFL when it was, you know, just a pretty much a fledgling league. And, uh, you know, it's been, the teams have been handed down in the family. It was, I mean, back when, it only cost a few thousand dollars to get a franchise, and think of what those things are worth now. It's pretty amazing. Uh, a couple of other uh, items here among the first things you need to know this morning. This is close to home, out of a story out of Columbus, where a pair of social media influencers has reportedly made the world's largest Oreo cookie. Uh, Ross Smith and his 95-year-old grandmother baked the cookie in the Columbus area. It weighs roughly 175 pounds, they say. 175 pounds! And uh, it's about four feet wide. In all, it is more than 7,000 times bigger than a regular Oreo cookie. (laughs) The current... Record for the world's largest Oreo is at 160 pounds. So this would shatter that record. Uh, Mr. Smith told told, uh, local news reporters in Columbus, they also made the uh, cookie to coincide with Grandma's 95th birthday, which was August 1st. So happy birthday, Grandma, and is quite uh, impressive. 175-pound Oreo. How do you go about making a 175-pound Oreo? How much it doesn't the story doesn't say the write up that I have here doesn't say just how many pounds of creamy filling are involved in that. But uh, overall, 175 pounds, that's a lot of that's a lot of creamy filling. And and finally, uh, among the first things you need to know this morning or the most buzzworthy stories of the day. I don't know that you need to know this, but it is uh, something that kind of brings a, a smile to your face. Uh, I <laughs> I had to chuckle at this story. A three-year-old boy with a fascination for animals and insects recently learned a tough lesson about the circle of life. After raising a caterpillar, which he named Ralph, in a terrarium for several weeks, 
and witnessing it magically transform into a tiny white butterfly, Ronnie Sheldon attempted to release his butterfly into the wild. But as Ralph struggled to gain stability, it fell into the grass, and Ronnie's oblivious Cavalier King Charles Spaniel named Marvel pounced and gobbled it up as a snack. (laughs) Oh, the... uh, The boy's father, Danny, who caught the whole thing on video, posted it to his Facebook page, can be heard yelling in the background, you idiot, (laughs) at the dog, not at the kid, (laughs) as he zooms in on the guilty-looking pooch who continues to chew the butterfly. The whole thing lasted less than a minute. Video uh, ends with uh, Ronnie looking sadly into the camera. That is your daily chuckle. I got to go and check that out on uh, online. I have not seen the video, but uh, <laughs> it is the circle of life. Absolutely. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, partly sunny today with a high of 85, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 65. The Finley Police Department is investigating what they're calling a suspicious death. Police responded to 614 South Blanchard Street on Thursday afternoon after receiving a call about a deceased male. Upon arrival, officers located the deceased male. Police say they're in the initial phase of the investigation and further information will be released later. An autopsy is pending at the Lucas County Coroner's Office. The State Fire Marshal's Fire Prevention Bureau and the Findlay Fire Department conducted a burn demonstration at the University of Findlay to showcase the benefits of having sprinkler systems installed in college dorms. Findlay Fire Chief Josh Eberly says the burn demonstration was added this year to the fire safety training they already do with resident advisors ahead of fall semester. So there's a, there's a number of different fire prevention or fire response things that they learned today. So this I think this just drives it home how important it is to prevent fires rather than try to respond to them afterwards. The University of Findlay says two of its eight residence halls are fully sprinklered. See video from the fiery demonstration on our website. It's been two years since nine people were killed in a mass shooting in Dayton, and a plan was announced this week to build a permanent memorial to the victims. There is now a committee made up of victims, family members, survivors, and area business leaders and residents. Their job is to come up with an idea for the memorial and get community input. Dayton Mayor Dan Whaley says they want to make sure they get this right. These memorials take time. Uh, You know, we are unpacking a lot of pain uh, from the 2019 shooting, and we really didn't get, uh, we lost a year in this because of the COVID pandemic. Now, in the meantime, a temporary memorial is set up to remember the lives lost. ONN's Andrew Kinsey reporting. Get more on our website. The Cleveland Indians say they're staying put. The team signed a lease that will keep them at Progressive Field until at least 2036. It will also allow them to make updates to the field, including family-friendly changes. Team officials say this is not only an investment for the team, but also for the future of Cleveland. After this season, the Indians will officially adopt their new name, the Guardians. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So now our cover story this morning as the pandemic delayed Tokyo Olympics come to a close this weekend. We are joined on the line this morning by Hancock County native Alexis Buchler, a very talented young gymnast who for a time was on the fast track to possibly make the U.S. Olympic team. Trained by one of the most elite coaches at one of the nation's top gyms, she is among those uh, featured in a Sports Illustrated piece this week on the once glamorous, now embattled sport, talking about what's wrong with USA Gymnastics and what can be done to make it right again. And Alexis, thank you very much for uh, taking the time this morning. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Simone Biles, of course, became the big story of the games when she dropped out of the uh, team competition, opted out of most of her individual events as well. And one of the reasons that she cited in doing so was uh, a case of the twisties, which, as I understand it, is a a condition where your 
you know, in the middle of a routine, you're twisting and you're flipping around and suddenly you lose track of which way is up and which way is down, which can obviously be very is understandable where that would be very dangerous for a gymnast. I'm, I'm wondering, have you ever had a case of the of the twisties? How common is this? Um, it's very common. I feel like at least every gymnast has had it and I've had it at least like 30 times. Wow. Um, yes, it happens a lot. How do, you, how do you work through something like that? I mean, is it is that something that you can, there's something you can do to get over that or just have to work itself out? So most of the time it never happens in com- competition, like luckily, because to fix it, you have to just like drill and really like just go back to the basics and understand what the basic skill is of the big skill mm-hmm. and then find yourself in the basic and then you'll slowly like regain the bigger skill. Wow. So this takes a little while to work through. It's understandable why So you can see uh, when she said the case of the twisties, why she couldn't compete certainly at the Olympic level. Yes, for sure. And yeah. it's crazy how fast she could overcome it. Mm. Uh, there has been uh, there have been a number of people who have uh, said that uh, Simone Biles actually is going to have a greater impact on the sport, perhaps for what she did by withdrawing rather than by even you know trying to push through it and, and compete for gold medals. Would you agree with that? I mean, this does bring attention to uh, a condition, and there's been an awful lot of conversation uh, about the the state of USA gymnastics given what happened at these games yes i completely agree that like by what she did has been a huge impact because our sport has always been about push through you'll Mm -hmm. be fine push through so it's just kind of great to understand that even the greatest athlete of all time can do this and it shows that it's okay and this is the the latest blow in a, a series of black eyes for USA Gymnastics. I mean, it comes to light that there are a lot of coaches out there, and you say in the uh, Sports Illustrated piece that that your coach was was one of these who would encourage uh, athletes to to push through even when maybe it wasn't in their best interest. And and you say that that the signs have been there that this has been a problem for years. Have they not been taken seriously by USA Gymnastics, by the powers that be? Um, I don't know. if I really don't think they have been. I just don't think they really listen to the athletes that are coming forward. I think they kind of think of it as a joke, but it isn't. Like, I understand the athletes can be young, but it's not a joke about what we're saying and what we're communicating to people that are older than us. So, so your experience is that sometimes you feel like your uh, concerns have been dismissed because, well, as you said, you know, the, the competitors are young, the, the uh, coaches have a track record. I guess in fairness, it, it would be hard for USA Gymnastics to, you know, keep track of, you know, monitor all of the coaches uh, all over the country, but, but there just is not the... Uh, system in place to follow up on these types of complaints? Yeah, there definitely is not a big enough system to um, cover every coach and everything like that, but then that means just hire more people. Mm. Everyone needs a job right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's very true. I'm curious, too, uh, you know, many of these uh, stories uh, are from the women's uh, gymnastics uh, side. Is this also a problem on the men's side? Do you have any idea or have you talked with Um, uh, any male competitors who express the same concerns? I can't speak really for the male side, but I don't think it's like this as bad, even if it is at all. So is that because, I mean, is that, again, the men versus women thing? I have no idea. It could be. Hmm. So what is the sweet spot? I mean, you know, certainly as as anyone who has ever been involved in uh, athletic competition at any level, Coaches push their athletes. I mean, that's part of being a coach is to know when to push the athlete and then know when to back off. What is the what is the sweet spot? Um, so I think pushing an athlete is great in that it needs to be done, but laying a hand on an athlete is not okay. 
And there is a difference between being like an encouraging and constructive versus being very demeaning and just not saying the right stuff and being verbally abusive. Did you ever add any, because again, you would, you talked about in the uh, Sports Illustrated piece, which by the way, we have linked up on our webpage. It really is fascinating. You were just uh, one of many gymnasts who shared their stories and their experiences uh, with this. Were, Were you... Were you surprised at all at, at how widespread uh, this is? I mean, I, I'm wondering if when you know you're going through this and experiencing, you share a couple of uh, instances where you know you had uh, confrontations or interactions with your coach that were less than healthy. Did you think that you know, you were the only one? I mean, were you surprised at how widespread this is? I was not surprised at all because when we would go to the ranch, the training facility in Texas, we'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, your coach did that? Well, this is what my coach did. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. Oh, it's not crazy? Your coach did this? So it was just kind of known that, like, okay, everyone has their own shit. Which shit are you going to choose to and deal with? So it's uh, so it was a an open secret uh yeah with respect to that did you ever consider just walking away to you know to give it up say this isn't worth it um that's kind of what i did when i went to brandy johnson's in florida i moved there for a better environment and everything like that so i did high school gymnastics there but you went on to uh, compete uh, in college. You uh, uh, were at, uh, what, NC State uh, and, and all yeah. that. So, so it wasn't something where you walked away. Did you find uh, you know, what you were looking for in terms of uh, healthier uh, coaching? It is out there, right? Yes, for sure at Brandy Johnson's it was there. Hmm. And I guess that kind of answers the question that I wanted to to ask with respect to where this sport is now. Is this something that you would encourage other young girls to take up? Um, I think that I would probably never have my child in this sport, but I would be if my like child or anyone would be in gymnastics, I would be there at every practice making sure I knew exactly what the coaches were doing every single day and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. That was the issue with me, I think, is because my mom wanted to come into practice, but she wasn't allowed to. I think that's a giant red flag yeah. like, right off the bat. Well, that's uh, again, I was going to uh, ask, you know, what advice would you have to parents of uh, kids who are involved in this right now, particularly young girls? Uh, what do you say to, to parents to make sure that uh, their kids do have a healthy experience? Um, I would tell parents that if their kid is coming home and not really speaking, not like they look frustrated about the sport. They, I don't think they're just frustrated about the sport. I think they're frustrated about more. Mm. Like I would come home and I wouldn't talk and like stuff like that. Yeah. And they, I think they just thought I was frustrated and stuff like that. But really I was just like, I can't tell them what just happened to me at practice. Mm. Like, so it was more like a secret that I was afraid I was going to get in trouble because I thought I was doing something wrong in practice when really I wasn't doing anything wrong. The coach was. Yeah. Uh, really sobering stories. And again, as we mentioned, uh, bringing all of this to light with uh, what happened with Simone Biles uh, at this Olympics is maybe going to be the lasting legacy, maybe even more so than had she won an armful of of, uh, gold medals. And it is a fascinating story. Hopefully, things can change. Uh, the uh, Sports Illustrated piece, as we mentioned, entitled Can Gymnastics Be Saved? Uh, we've got linked up at our webpage and Alexis Buchler with us uh, this morning. Alexis, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. To your health this morning, how many times do we say this, especially in the era of the pandemic, that it is important to stay fit and active and maintain your physical health? Well, you know what? It is more than just that. Keeping mentally nimble, especially as we get a little bit older, is also important. And joining us this morning to talk about the importance of staying active mentally and ways to keep your mind sharp is the Regional Chief Medical Officer at United Healthcare, Medicare and Retirement, Dr. Michelle Graham. 
Dr. Graham, thanks for uh, taking the uh, time. First of all, from a, a medical standpoint, uh, as a doctor, talk about how staying physically and mentally active benefits uh, a person's long-term health, again, particularly as we are getting older because none of us are getting any younger. Absolutely. So what many may not know is that both mental and physical health can go hand in hand. Studies have shown that moderate exercise can help improve our brain function, especially in the areas responsible for learning and memory. And staying active can help also as we think about things like improving balance, trying to reduce that risk of falls, preventing or delaying the onset of conditions like osteoporosis or heart disease, as well as things like elevating our mood and minimizing the risk of depression. So as we age, we think about how do we increase our strength and our resilience? How could we maintain our independence? And both our physical and mental health actually contribute to how we can do that. So it, it really, the benefits are those things that you would expect and those things that maybe you didn't necessarily connect uh, previously. So knowing that, what are some of the steps that folks can take to keep their mind sharp and so on? Absolutely. At United Healthcare, we're really focused on, on both that healthiness of uh, mind as well as body. So some simple things to think about from a memory or mental health place might be things like tapping into the power of nature, taking a workout or a simple walk outside, strolling through the park. That actually can further boost your brain power. A study found that spending even as little as 120 minutes or two hours outdoors a week may benefit our overall health. Engaging in simple brain exercises such as crossword puzzles, painting, reading, or online brain games, as well as maintaining a healthy diet, uh, reaching out for brain-boosting foods like salmon, nuts, avocados, and olive oil, those really can actually help us with our overall brain function. We also want to make sure that we're getting proper sleep, aiming for about seven to nine hours of sleep a night and challenging ourselves to continually learn. Things like picking up a book and reading, learning a new hobby or skill can really help with our overall mental health and our brain power as we age. So as I mentioned, you are the... Uh Regional Chief Medical Officer, United Healthcare, Medicare and Retirement. So uh, speaking specifically uh, about those programs, how can people use their Medicare coverage to help uh, reach their wellness goals and remain active and so on? We would encourage all members to look at what their benefits are and learn as early as possible as to things that might be within their plans. At United Healthcare, for instance, we offer for most of our Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement members something called Renew Active, which is our health and wellness uh, benefit. And that provides, for instance, free access to uh, a wide network of gyms and fitness facilities. It provides access to online activities that may have some brain power uh, exercises that are available. And really, uh, everyone from those Medicare plans coverage then can have preventive services as well, such as uh, certain cancer screenings, annual wellness visits. And we would really encourage listeners to take advantage of those benefits to help catch health problems early and uh, really help build our both our exercise and our mental fitness moving forward. Now, a lot of the things that you're talking about uh, here are ways to keep our minds and our bodies healthy uh, involve... I mean, they're easy to do uh, during the uh, summertime. You get out and take a walk and, you know, enjoy the great outdoors and so on. And so we're going to get into very soon here the cooler weather, uh, the uh, winter months. A little bit harder to do that. And yet I know that a lot of folks are still a little apprehensive about busy places like the gym or going to the mall to to walk like maybe they've done in the past or what have you. What tips would you have to incorporate activity and move more while still, you know, kind of maintaining that that distance from some of those places that we're still maybe not comfortable going to yet? Sure. So certainly, um, if the weather's permitting, you know, getting outside and taking a walk, even around one's own neighborhood or, or around your home is an option as we move into colder months where that may not be feasible. Even developing a path within one's home uh, can, you know, just simple short walks of 300 to 500 steps 
six times a day can actually really enhance our overall uh, exercise and our activity. Um, another thing that we would suggest is setting an hourly alarm while we're at home if we're inside a lot, so we're maybe not sitting in front of the television um, consistently. If we set that hourly alarm to get up and move, even if it's for a few minutes, again, a, a few number of steps, it's something that many, if they're uncomfortable with going outside of the home or if the weather doesn't allow uh, to get out of the home or to go to a gym, people can do that activity right there in their home. Right now, we notice that you know many um, are available to have online fitness programs uh, at home. Mm-hmm. Our Renew Active Wellness Program for United Healthcare offers many online versions that um, the members can go on and, and they can do that right from their home. There are also many other fitness programs that are offering even free sneak peeks to those programs that, that seniors could do right there in their home. So a lot of different options, maybe thinking a little bit uh, creatively and just uh, bearing in mind uh, the fact that, uh, you know, it is uh, very, so very important to uh, keep our, our minds and our bodies active uh, all year round. Again, uh, Dr. Michelle Graham is uh, Regional Chief Medical Officer, United Healthcare, Medicare and Retirement. Where do we get uh, more information? Absolutely. Uh, listeners can visit UHCMedicareHealthPlans.com. Again, that's UHCMedicareHealthPlans.com. Or listeners can also call their plan directly at the number on the back of their ID card to ask about their member benefits. Dr. Graham, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update in the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. A 23-year-old California man managed to get himself arrested three times in three days. <laughs> hey, go big or go home, right? Uh, Kalen Scharr, Scharr was arrested on Monday for drug possession on Tuesday... Uh, He was arrested for a traffic violation, which he uh, smashed his vehicle into another vehicle. And then as soon as he was released from jail Wednesday morning, he spotted an unoccupied truck parked directly in front of the Glendale Police Department jail release door with the keys in the ignition. And so he stole it. (laughs) I don't know if you figured, well, they must have just left it here for me. It's right there by the jail exit door, so... It must be free. Managed to get himself arrested three times in three days. Uh, He was uh, released from custody after each incident uh, due to L.A. County's $0 bail schedule. So, so far since Wednesday, he's kept his nose clean. But uh, three times in three days. It's going to be some kind of record. Santa Claus has been sentenced. This is in the U.K., a U.K. Santa has been very naughty. Raymond Finn, age 71, has been sentenced to four months in prison. Santa Claus sentenced to four months behind bars for sexually assaulting two women while portraying Father Christmas at a party back in December of 2018. According to the Newcastle Crown Court, he smacked the backside of one woman and pushed his body into another Woman got up close and personal with Father Christmas there. In addition to his sentence, he was fired by his employer following the incident. I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> That's crazy. Santa has been sentenced to, uh, how is that? Four months in the slammer for Santa. Um, is he going to be out in time for Christmas? Is going to be working overtime in his absence. <laughs> A 45-year-old man is accused of biting off a piece of his friend's ear during a uh, fight in a hotel in the Florida Keys. The (laughs) with friends like that, who needs enemies, right? The victim told Monroe County Sheriff's deputies it began when James Williams put one of their passed out friends in a maintenance wheelbarrow, poured beer on her and was pushing her to her hotel room. (laughs) Just another night out on the town in the Keys. Uh, 
Pushing and shoving began among the two men and two women, uh, the group of that were that were there. Uh, Mr. Williams got the victim to the ground, began choking him, and then allegedly bit his ear. He went all Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mr. Williams was arrested on charges that include aggravated battery and battery by strangulation. <laughs> Just another night out in the Florida Keys. Because we've got to have something from the state of Florida. Uh, here's another story out of the Sunshine State. A Florida man, Sean Haynes, uh, was arrested on Sunday. Allegedly, he caused a disturbance at a local supermarket before fleeing on a moped. He was pulled over shortly afterward and and claimed to be an FBI agent even provided deputies with a false badge number during the stop <laughs> now mind you he was on a moped <laughs> which i don't think i'm not really up on all of the FBI practices and procedures i have a friend actually that works for the FBI maybe i could ask him about this uh whether or not they actually uh, have agents uh, on on mopeds. <laughs> I kind of doubt it, but that might have been the first clue that this guy uh, was full of it. Uh, turned out he was not an FBI, FBI agent. Surprise, surprise. But rather just a 33-year-old man with a warrant for trespassing. So... <laughs> Alrighty then. <clears throat> And finally, in the broken news this morning. Now, I don't know if I'm necessarily buying this story, but it has been reported. And this is a uh, legitimate news story that has been reported. So presumably, somebody has checked this out and verified that it is, it is actually true. Uh, a model by the name of Lexia Portman went viral on TikTok. For messing up her travel plans, she was vacationing in Croatia and headed to the airport 6 a.m. in order to catch her flight to Milan. She shared on the social media app that when she tried to check in, they uh, they didn't have her uh, reservation. Her reservation uh, number would not work. And come to find out that she had actually booked her flight for next year. In 2022, she said she spent the last of her money on a taxi to the airport and she didn't realize she had booked a flight for 2022 instead of 2021. How do you accidentally book a flight uh, for the wrong year? Uh, she said she didn't realize she had booked for 2022 after she had to cancel her flights twice during the pandemic and all of the confusion she booked for the wrong year. Apparently from what I am given to understand, um, the airline caught wind of the mistake and they, uh, pledged to uh, help her out, get her to Milan where she needed to go and uh, straighten the whole thing out. But, I'd, I'm not sure I'm buying it because I didn't even realize that you could book a flight a year in advance. I mean, I know you can go several months in advance, but a full year in advance? I'm just not sure I'm buying it. But like I said, it was a legitimate, reported as a legitimate news item. So apparently, there you go. That is today's broken news. Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. It's the WFIN Virtual Car Show. Get them out, shine them up, and upload a pic of your classic, and we'll post it to WFIN.com for everybody to see. In addition, we'll have an online car show calendar so that you know when and where all the area shows are. It's chrome and horsepower on display online. The WFIN Virtual Car Show and Calendar. Thanks to Details Auto Spa, Loritz Chevrolet Cadillac, and 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, and the statistics that shape our lives. You know, becoming an Olymp Olympic athlete, 
uh, takes years of hard work, personal sacrifice, dedication. But apparently, many Americans think they've already got what it takes. I could do that. That's right. In a, in a country with an obesity rate of over 42%, some 40% of people in the U.S. believe that they could compete in at least one sport in the Olympics, at, at least one event uh, in, in the Olympics. That is uh, just one of the findings of a, a new survey of about 1,000 Americans uh, about the Olympic Games. It was conducted by one poll. The survey revealed three times as many men as women believe that they could compete on that elite level, with more than half of those wannabe Olympians coming from the Northeast. That's where people are most confident that they <laughs> could, just like, just like that, uh, compete in an Olympic uh, at the Olympic level. The most common sports in which respondents believe that they could make a strong showing included <laughs> soccer, basketball, and swimming. Have you seen some of those swimmers? What they look like? I mean, that is that is amazing. And you you may be able to do laps at your pool, but trust me, <laughs> you, you could not hang with uh Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky in any event. The respondents were also questioned about the Tokyo Games and the new events this year, skateboarding, surfing, and sport climbing, as well as karate and uh, baseball and softball. Most of those respondents thought the new sports were welcome additions, although 14% thought climbing was not so much. Uh, Two-thirds preferred the additions of karate and uh, softball and baseball back into the games. Uh, softball and baseball considered the same category to the IOC. 42% wanted to see mixed martial arts be added to the games. MMA. <laughs> Cage fighting at the Olympics. 40% would like to see lacrosse added. I could see that becoming uh, an Olympic sport. Uh, 8 in 10. Uh, oh, this was kind of interesting. 30% said that they would like to see cheerleading added to the Olympics. Hmm. That would be interesting. I know that is a highly competitive uh, sport. And it is a sport. I mean, they are certainly athletes. Um, the survey was conducted July 28th. And at that time, 8 in 10 of those in the survey said that they had watched at least part of the Tokyo Games. 47% said they watched the opening ceremony uh, a few days before that. But 1 in 5 of those in the survey said that they were uninterested in this year's game. Uh, games and 44% said that the Olympics are overrated. So make of that what you will, but I it, that's just shocking to me. 40% of <laughs> four in 10, uh, two in five, uh, two out of every five people think that they could compete in an Olympic sport. Uh, no. <laughs> Now, once again, to finish up the week, as we always do, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio. It is time for another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen, from the new studio. Woohoo! <laughs> it's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I have to say, and we were talking a little bit about this uh, yesterday. Uh, my wife had a, a big hand in uh, helping, you know. Uh, I put together decorate. a desk. Well, yeah, we you no, know, we decorated. Well, yeah, uh, I, yeah. you know. It's, it's now we rearranged all of the uh, uh, equipment, installed new yep. equipment, and uh, yep. then we uh, kind of uh, uh, yep. decorated. I guess yeah. I, yeah. I was looking for another word yep. for decorated, but yeah. Well, and Burley, he he gave us some of our stuff yeah we got that we some, have on the show yeah we got some great, really cool some great and old, the radio the old radio yeah, which is awesome we got some uh, great memorabilia here <laughs> yes. some great radio broadcast yes. memorabilia and and uh, it's really well, it's pretty a beautiful cool layout. in here yeah beautiful layout in the uh, new studio so thank you for your uh, assistance in that regard you're now, welcome to uh, the uh, collection of uh, recipes. Uh, today, um, we got a lot of, uh, lot of cheese stuff. <laughs> cheese seems to be the theme. Yes, um, there we go. <laughs> just kind of easy, fun stuff you can do. You don't have to do it all together. You can, you know, but some fun, I thought. Yeah, 
Good yeah. stuff. So, uh, so if you like cheese, you're going to like uh, this uh, this week's recipes. Yes. Uh, first up, we have the French dip roast beef crescents. Yes. So these are, you take a half a pound of deli roast beef, uh, thinly sliced, mm-hmm. uh, four pieces of mozzarella string cheese. Um, you want those cut in half, a can of refrigerated crescent rolls, and one packet of Ajus gravy. The ajus, the ajus gravy so mix. Very, yes. Sounds so, very or fancy. any type of gravy mix you could okay. you could do. You All don't right. have to. So, well, the ajus is uh, very thin, correct. so you want you want a thin. Yeah, you gravy, want a thinner. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. You could even just use beef broth if you wanted with some onion. In oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. It's you know, which so. is basically what ajus is. But correct. anyway, yeah, yeah. So preheat oven to three seventy three hundred seventy five degrees. Separate your crescent rolls into the eight triangles. Uh, top each crescent roll with your two slices of roast beef and one half of your string cheese. Roll it up and uh, place it on your baking sheet. Um, bake for about 16 to 18 minutes or until golden brown. The uh, crescent rolls golden brown. Uh, while the crescent rolls are, are baking, then you can make your gravy according to the package direction, directions. Or like I said, the other thing is, is you can just put some beef broth and mm. some onion in a crock pot yeah. and let it go for a little while and and use that too. Um, and serve with uh, your French uh, dip crescents. Simple just, as that. Simple as that. Wow. That is yes. uh, really easy. Yes. So again, one of those recipes that when people have it, they think, wow, you must have slaved over a hot yeah. stove for hours. Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> uh, also, we have an easy feta dip. Yes. So um, about a third cup of olive oil, maybe give or take on that. Uh, three Roma tomatoes seeded and diced. Uh, four green onions sliced thin- thinly. You want the top of the greens, not the bottom of the greens uh, for this for this uh, recipe. Um, eight ounce of feta cheese crumbled. One tablespoon of Greek seasoning. If you don't have the Greek seasoning, if you have your other seasonings, you know, um, your garlic powder, your onion powder, your oregano, or your Italian uh, seasoning. You can mix all that together to make your Greek seasoning also. Okay. Balsamic glaze and uh, your pita chips. And then in a medium bowl, add the tomatoes, the green onions, and the feta. Drizzle the olive olive oil over the feta cheese mixture and gently stir with a spoon. Combine all the seasonings and sprinkle over the mixture. Uh, with a spoon, carefully combine all the ingredients, drizzle with your balsamic vinegar if desired, and serve with pita chips or bagel chips. Again, very easy. Yes. Very easy, but incredibly tasty. Yes, yes. Good stuff. Uh, and then for dessert, uh, pink lemonade mini cheesecakes. Yes. So okay. I love mini cheesecakes. That's one of my, when I'm doing cheesecake, I'd rather do like a mini cheesecakes. Uh, for the graham cracker crust, it's just your graham crackers crumbled and a tablespoon of sugar and uh, one and a half tablespoons of sugar and a quarter cup of butter melted. Then for your cheesecake filling, it's 16 ounce cream cheese, two bars, uh, softened to room temperature, a half a cup of sugar, a half a cup of sour cream, three fourths teaspoons of pure lemon extract, two drops of pink food coloring, um, and one eighth teaspoon of salt, two egg, two large eggs, and your fresh fresh whipping cream and your lemon curd for your topping. So, just to be uh, clear here, we're talking about the pink lemonade. Yeah. we're not actually using any pink lemonade mix. No. You, no. You're, using you're using the pink yeah. food coloring, so yeah. and a little bit of lemon extract, right? But other than that, so yeah. that's the yeah. okay, yeah. So. so, and if you don't want to make it pink, you don't have to make it. Don't pink. add it's, the pink. It's just so, really pretty. <laughs> so very make, eye-catching. I mean, yeah. because pink, uh, because uh, obviously cheesecake yeah. is not usually pink. So, Correct. Yeah. Yes. So to make your crust, preheat your oven to three hundred and fifty degrees, and prep your muffin muffin tins with cupcake liners. Uh, combine crust uh, ingredients in your mixing bowl. Uh, stir until well mixed. Scoop about a tablespoon of crust into each of your cupcake liners and press down. You can use um, a cup um, to press it down. Um, I have like a wood uh, little rod that has like a round thing on the on the bottom of it, mm-hmm. and that's how I press mine down. So, yeah. however, if and you just, have to use your fingers, that's fine also. And, and and just to clarify here, you're just the crust will just be on the bottom. You're right. not you're not yeah. trying to nope. get crust just onto on the, the bottom, sides that's it. Yep. on it. Nope. But you do. 
basically have to make your own crust as right. opposed to, you know, I know when a lot of people, ourselves included, yeah. when we make cheesecake, we're mm-hmm. a regular cheesecake, we're just we're getting just used, the pre-made crust. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you you're going to have to do your own. Yeah, so, it's okay. not that hard. Yeah. So to make the cheesecake in a stand mixer or using your electric hand mixer beat together, uh, your sugar and your cream cheese. I usually beat my cream cheese just for a little bit to kind of get it whipped, then add my sugar, and that helps so it doesn't have a bunch of lumps in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want it to be smooth. Um, then after that, put in your sour cream, your lemon extract, your salt, and your eggs, and then add your food coloring. Mix until that's all smooth. Scoop about three tablespoons of cheesecake batter into each crust, so each cupcake tin. Um, bake for about 17 to 22 minutes until the edge is firm. Um, and you're kind of going to get a little bit of a bounce, uh, in the middle of your, your cheesecake. Yeah. Um, or you can do the toothpick, um, uh, insert to make sure, excuse me, Mm -hmm. to make sure it's, uh, uh, when it comes out clean, then you're good to go. Um, cool at room temperature, um, chill in the fridge for two to three hours. And then when you're ready to serve, uh, top with your lemon curds and your whipped cream. Good, good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Great summer dessert there, and that uh, again, it'd be uh, good if you have a family mm-hmm. gathering or something. Yeah. Take those along. Yep. So, there you go. Any of these really would be great to, uh, for that. French dip roast beef crescents, the easy feta dip, and the pink lemonade mini cheesecakes. Those recipes are posted on the WFIN Facebook page and linked up at goodmornings.net. Our uh, recipes of the week from Kyra's Kitchen. My wife Kyra with us this morning. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember to check our webpage for more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show, goodmornings.net. And coming up on Monday, Hancock County 4-H members busy preparing for the fair and the OSU Extension busy getting ready for back to school and a restart of family and consumer science community programs. We'll get all of the details until Monday morning. That is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day, a great weekend. Catch you back here next week.